0: peace be with you welcome to the word unveiled a continuing series of programs from saint Malachy catholic church in sterling heights michigan my name is gordon peck i'm the director of evangelization programs for adults our program is catholic beginnings in detroit history and celebration it's in all things let us begin in prayer in the, name of the father the son and the holy spirit amen lord we thank you that we live in a land where the gospel is proclaimed with vigor and enthusiasm. Teach us to cherish the freedoms we have in giving due praise to you, our Lord. Teach us to always worship you and to love our neighbors as ourselves, as our Savior, Jesus Christ, teaches us. May our faith grow richer and more complete every day. In the name of the Father and Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Okay, our time period is going to be 1900 to the present. So we're going to look, we're looking at Catholic beginnings in Detroit and we're in the 20th century now. So, Detroit had been served by priests from Europe for a long, long time—French priests, Belgian priests, German priests—and one one of the problems was there was no seminary to uh, help educate and and produce priests. And so, in 1918, the uh, Most Reverend Michael Gallagher, then the Bishop of Detroit, announced the founding of the Sacred Heart Seminary. And here's an early fo- uh, postcard showing what the seminary looks like, and it looks pretty much like that even today, and also the coat of arms. There's, here's a, uh, a photo of the tabernacle inside the, the chapel or directly adjacent to the chapel. There's this beautiful triptych on the wall right behind the tabernacle. And here we see seminarians in class and on the grounds. And here's the back, or the main entrance to the seminary. And if we look really, really, really closely, we see Father Joseph Gimbala carrying his vestments out to his car after he served Mass at the seminary. And here he is serving Mass on this particular day. See him in the background there, but that's kind of a small photo. So here's a better photo of him taken in 1987. If you roam the halls looking at all the graduating classes... You will find his picture, Joseph J. Gambala, Detroit. <clears throat> now another church founded about the same time as Saint Ambrose Church, on the east side of Detroit near Gross Point. Um, it was uh, it was founded in the in the time of Bishop John Foley. Originally, it was a wood frame church built in 1917. But in 1920, the parish opened its first parochial school, and they had 650 students. Three years later, a high school department was added to the operation, so they needed a bigger church. So in 1926, they laid the cornerstone for the church, and it was designed in a a Norman Gothic style, and stained glass uh, windows were added to the church building uh, after the Great Depression. Uh, Economics was always an issue. And then following the Second World War, a 2,400-pipe organ was purchased, and it was installed. And they built a plaza over uh, an area and they created a space which they called the Ark, which was wonderful. It had meeting space, it had dining space. It was a great place for everybody to meet, but unfortunately it was very heavily damaged in a flood in 2021. Here's a, a, a photograph of the Day of Consecration in 1926. And here's some of the photos on the grounds uh, statue of St. Ambrose, crucifix, and then the cornerstone, 1919. And unfortunately, you'll see a dumpster in this photo, and that's because the lower level, which uh, under the plaza, of the Ark, was totally destroyed in a flood in 2021 and is uh, still being rebuilt at this time. Here's the interior of the church. Beautiful church, subtle colors, um, very, very, very ornate. This is a photo from the choir loft and then here we see the altar to the left, and then we see uh, a, a photograph of Father Pelk, who has been at the parish for, I believe, at least 30 years and uh, as pastor. And here he's taken a photo of a young child who has been baptized for his record. The next church we want to look at was uh, started in 1930, and that's Blessed Sacrament Cathedral. And um, in 1905, Bishop Foley authorized construction of a new parish, which was going to be named the Most Blessed Sacrament, on land that was that was then outside the city limits. It was north of the city, north of Grand Boulevard. It's a Norman Gothic style, like St. Ambrose, uh, and it was completed in 1915. However, the interior of the church wouldn't be completed until 1930, and the church was dedicated on Thanksgiving Day, 1930, at a solemn mass celebrated by Bishop Gallagher. So Detroit was then elevated to an archdiocese in 1938, and on February 20th, 1938, Most Blessed Sacrament Parish became the new cathedral, and it became the cathedral of the Most most Blessed Sacrament by decree of Pope Pius XI. And the Vatican representative who, who came to Detroit for that was Giovanni Battista Montini, who later became Pope Paul VI. Here's a, a beautiful shot of the, of the cathedral from Woodward Avenue. And then the interior. And this interior shot is taken on, uh, the, at the Chrism Mass on, on Holy Thursday. And it's packed. It's packed on that day, wall to wall. Here's a little, uh, little easier to see the interior of the church with the people gone. We see the, uh, uh, the pipe organ to the right. In the back of the church, up on the loft, and we see the altar to the uh, to the left. Here's a better view of the altar. Uh, it was renovated um, maybe 15 or 20 years ago by the architect Gunnar Burkertz, who designed the uh, the ambo, uh, the cathedral, the the cathedra, the the bishop's chair, and other spaces around the um, the altar which gives it a crisp modern look, but it retains the, the framework of the original Norman Gothic church. Here's another view uh, looking toward the, uh, the altar from, no, this is, I'm sorry, this is looking back toward the uh, choir loft. And then here's the stained glass windows are just, just fantastic. Uh, the carving, the stonework, the st- in wood and in stone and in glass uh, lives of the saints just wonderful look at the look at these carvings so ornate you spent hours just looking at the exterior of the building this is from the Woodward Avenue side okay and that so that's our cathedral now another church constructed around the same time was the shrine of the little flower uh, and that was uh, started in 1926. And of course, the little flower is Saint Therese of Lisieux, who was canonized, I believe, in 1925. Now, it was a sta- This was built in Royal Oak. It was 1926. They built a wooden church, and believe it or not, in 1926, Ku Klux Klan members descended on Royal Oak and, in an anti-Catholic gesture, burned the wooden church. So in response, when the church had to be rebuilt, uh, the, the pastor of the, of the church asked for a stone crucifix that could not be burned. Well, that's what, what resulted. This, uh, it's called the Charity Crucifixion Tower, and it features a, a large photo, large statue of Jesus, and then it has um, uh, the three Marys at the base of, of the building and, uh, and a legion, St. Longinus, the centurion, on the other side. Uh, The church was granted minor basilica status in 2014, and the National Shrine of the Little Flower is the 82nd minor basilica in the United States. Here's a view of the original church that was burned from this postcard, and then here's a postcard of the church that replaced it, Shrine and Church of the Little Flower, Royal Oak, Michigan. Here's the interior. It's a church in eight sides, an octagon shape. This, the, the altar is in the center. The baldacchino is suspended over from the ceiling. and there's a, and there's a a balcony, balcony seats all around the church. It's a a lot of the artwork is done in an Art Deco style. Here's the tabernacle, two views of the same same space, and you'll see that the lettering in a very 1930s Art Deco kind of style, Goes up the side and turns and comes down another side. There's also these statues of Christ and of uh, Saint Jude Thaddeus. And then in the back, in the shrine area where the baptismal font is, there's this very elegant uh, uh, sculpture of the Blessed Mother with the with the Christ Child and and Saint Therese of Lisieux uh, with her rosary and her roses uh, praying with the blessed mother and the, and the Christ child. Outside, there is, uh, another, uh, there's a formal garden, and there's another statue of St. Therese in that garden, and then here's a view of the, the tower, and the, and behind, uh, Christ said there's a window, and there's windows on the sides, and then those lights are illuminated with the color of the liturgical season, and it's a wonderful. a site if you go down Woodward Avenue, and you see those colors shining out. Here's another view uh, from 12 Mile Road. Okay, that brings us to Synod 16. Okay, so Synod 16 was celebrated, guess where? St. Aloysius Church in Washington Boulevard. And it was also celebrated at uh, the Weston Book Cadillac Hotel. So there was a lot of walking back and forth between the church and the hotel. And here we see the Good Fathers uh, on the sidewalk. And then the the, the lay delegates uh, with their identity around their necks are all meeting and greeting. And there was a series of talks, a series of workshops, and there was no no uh, empty seats. It was uh, quite crowded. Archbishop Vigneron was addressing the, the group. And then here we are back at uh, St. Aloysius and um And I think that's Father Poulos uh, in in that picture there. Here's Archbishop Vigneron leading people back to the hotel. And then here's uh, a great guy, Deacon Paul Mueller, on the left. And I don't know who this guy is here, but he's trying to make a point. So what was the purpose of Synod 16? Well, the core purpose was to give glory to God and to help every soul within our reach attain eternal life, through Jesus Christ. The mission is powered by prayer and led by the Holy Spirit. We go forth together with apostolic boldness to unleash the gospel. We will use our unique gifts to accompany others on their journey to encounter Jesus, grow as faithful missionary disciples and give witness to him in the world. And the vision was that the archdiocese will be a community of joyful missionary disciples. I like that, joyful missionary disciples and of saints united in Jesus. Southeast Michigan will be a place that manifests the presence of God. And so Unleash the Gospel became our form of the new evangelization and the Archdiocese of Detroit, and one of the first steps was establishing families of parishes. So St. Malachi happens to be a part of uh, Macomb Vicariate No. 5 family of parishes. The first and oldest church in that group is St. Thecla, it par- has a parish church and a school. It was established in 1952 uh, at the time by Archbishop Edward Cardinal Mooney. And he appoint- appointed Father Thaddeus Resnick as the first pastor. And the site chosen was at the intersection of two, believe it or not, two lane roads at that time, Grosbeck and Metro Parkway, amid mostly farmland at the time. The original church was located in the current activity center and it opened in 1953. So this area of Clinton Township grew very quickly, and, and, the, and the church grew, and they and they built an elementary school, and then they built a convent for nuns who were assigned to teach in the school. And then in 1964, the current church building was constructed. Now, who is St. Thecla? Well, she was a native of Icon- Iconomium, a, a city in Asia Minor. Uh, she was impressed by the preaching of St. Paul and she followed him and led a life of consecrated virginity. When St. Paul was arrested in order to be scourged, St. Thecla was ordered to be burned to death. But a storm providentially extinguished the flames, and she escaped with Paul and went with him to Antioch. In Antioch, she was arrested again and condemned to the wild beasts in the arena. She was going to be thrown to the beasts. But again, she escaped when the beasts would do no harm to her. And then she rejoined St. Paul at Myra in Lisio, and dressed as a boy, and she was commissioned by him to preach the gospel. She lived as a hermitess there for the next 72 years, and she died there. Her feast day is September 23rd, and this church is consecrated to her. So here's a picture of the founding pastor, Father Thaddeus Resnick, and this is what the church looked like in 1953. Note that statue. Here it is today, that statue still exists, but the church is quite different. Uh, they'd converted the multipurpose room into the permanent church, uh, stained glass was added, air conditioning was installed, uh, new pews were purchased, and the old church uh, it's, became the activity center, was, was converted into a multipurpose room. And so here's an interior view, here's the, the altar, uh, here's a processional before Ma- the beginning of mass, Here's a view of the of the altar, the ambo, and the lectern, and um, it has a very 1960s look about it, doesn't it? 1960s, 1970s. Another view of the of the uh, altar, and there's uh, Father Brian Cokenhour, the former pastor, at Christmas time, and then the stained glass windows that were talked about are, are um, all at the top of the of the wall there, um, and then a, a a statue of, I'm not sure who that is there. Anyways, there's the baptismal font, and of course the vote of candles, and they have a school. So the school uh, serves uh, kindergarten through eighth grade, and um, it's uh, it like most schools are struggling, but it but it's still there. It's it's still a beacon of hope in our community. In uh, 20, 2007. St. Thecla merged with the nearby St. Claude Parish, and then in 2013, uh, St. Claude facilities were sold to the servants of Jesus of the Divine Mercy, and the Divine Mercy Center on uh, Little Mac Road is that that building that used to be St. Claude's. The current pastor at St. Thecla is Father Kevin Roland, and he came to join the Ensalidum team on July 1st, 2022. Now the next church that we have is St. Paul of Tarsus. This is actually the largest church in the four that, are, that make up the uh, Macomb Vigier at number five. Uh, it was in, in the spring of 1984, 150 local families got together, submitted a petition to the archdiocese asking for the establishment of a new church in Clinton Township. And three months later, they responded by yes, and they assigned Reverend uh, Francis Zelinski as the pastor. And he was asked to determine the viability of the new parish and organize a number of exploratory meetings. And it all resulted in the purchase of 11 acres of land at the corner of Romeo Plank and Canal Roads, where the church is now located. So who is St. Paul of Tarsus? Well, I think we all know, but he was, a, he was born a Pharisee in the city of Tarsus. Hence the, that uh, designation. Uh, Saul, or Paul, was a vehement persecutor of the early Christians in Judea and beyond but he had a conversion experience on the road to Damascus. He became an apostle, and with Barnabas, he spread the gospel throughout Asia Minor. He wrote epistles to the churches he founded. He was arrested and beheaded during the persecutions of Emperor Nero, and his feast day is June 29th. So here's a view of the gardens and entry to St. Paul of Tarsus. Um, Okay, the church was dedicated on March 5th, 1989. Father was w- remained pastor until 1990. And in 1990, Father Lou Grandpre was appointed and served admirably until his retirement in 2003 when Father Ron Esman was appointed. This is a view of the interior of the church. You see the 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 uh, altar and the tabernacle. The church was originally or- organized in a, in. 90 degrees to what you see here. The, the altar was actually on a narrow wall, and there was a long rows of seats. And they turned the entire church. They rotated the entire church after it was uh, constructed. And that was uh, done when Father Ron Essman was there. Fa- Father Ron is still associated with the church, um, but he is no longer the pastor. Um, okay, in, in the summer of 2019, uh, another uh, major construction project was initiated, and that's when classrooms and space for faith family for formation program was expanded here's another view of the interior of the church and the altar was originally to the far left and now it's as you see in the middle of the building here's the baptismal font which you see upon entering the church building and father john is now the pastor he's he's uh he, he was um uh, appointed in July 1st, 2022, and the statuary and carvings are quite ornate and quite beautiful. We have Mary and the child Jesus. We have St. Joseph the worker and, of course, the crucifix. Stained glass window at the, this is over the entry to the church, and This is a a group that I should mention. This is the journeymen, a a group of very faithful um, men who come together to study the gospel and study uh, their faith. And so this is an appropriate comment to make here. Now there remain faith, hope, and love, these three, but the greatest of these is love, Paul of Tarsus. The next church we have is St. Ronald's. Now, St. Ronald's was established uh, by Cardinal John Dearden, In 1971, uh, because of overcrowding of Saint Thecla and Our Lady Queen of All Saints, which is located in Fraser, Uh, so in 1971 uh, they they established uh, a parish and they met in Richards Junior High School in Fraser, and 72 families were present. This is the current church, current Saint Ronalds, which is located on 15 Mile Road. So who's St. Ronald? Well, he was born in Norway around the year 1100 A.D. He was appointed Earl of the Orkney and Shetland Islands, that's north of Scotland, um, by the King of Norway in 1129. He made a pilgrimage to the Holy Land during the Crusades, and in gratitude for his life being spared, he built the Cathedral of St. Magnus in Kirkwall, Scotland. He was martyred in 1158 by a group of warriors rebelling against him. He was buried at the cathedral he had built in in 1192. And Pope Celestine III moved St. Ronald's remains to Rome after St. Ronald's canonization. His feast day is August 20th. And here's the interior of St. Ronald's church. The baptismal font is again near the door. Uh, Father William J. Herman is the pastor. a view of the altar, stained-glass windows, and the organ. The founding pastor was Reverend Herman Cusick. Now, he served only one year, and in October of 1972, Reverend Richard Sir uh, became the second pastor, and he uh, handled the difficult job of constructing the church. And then... In January 2015, Reverend William Herman became the seventh pastor and remains as St. Ronald's current pastor. They have an active men's club and here they are in action. And that brings us to St. Malachy. And St. Malachy Parish was founded in 1964 and it conducted its first mass in the Robert Frost Elementary School in Warren. In a few short years, the parish grew to 2,000 families and a temporary church facility was constructed on a site in Sterling Heights at, on 14 Mile Road. And continued growth led to the construction of the current church building, which was dedicated in 1978. The Marian Shrine and the Gather Room were added in 2007. So who is St. Malachy? Well, St. Malachy was born in Armagh, that's in north, uh, eastern Ireland, in 1094. He became a zealous priest and he worked to restore the dignity and holiness of the church in Ireland, which had fallen into uh, um, wayward ways, if if I can use that phrase, and he brought them back to the faith. He supported marriage and he worked to combat all heresies and slackness of faith that he encountered in Ireland. And he made two pilgrimages to Rome. He died in the monastery of Bernard of Clairvaux during his second pilgrimage and his feast day is November 3rd. The founder of, uh, the founding pastor of St. Malachy Church was Father Gelfi. And the temporary church building that was built is the sort of the kit building that you see in the background there. It, is, uh, it was originally the church, and there are many churches across the archdiocese that have this same building on their, on their sites, um, same design, that is. Um, and now it's, it has become the Sister uh, Alice Courier Center. Here's the church building, which was first established in 1978, and then the gathering room, which is the whole front of of the building that you see, was added in 2007. Here's the shrine um, to Our Lady, which was also added in 2007. And another view, a very beautiful space, a wonderful place to pray, especially in the springtime when the flowering trees are in bloom. And here's the gathering space great place to uh, conduct a program like this. And the blessed family, is the holy family, is uh, inside the church to the left. We have uh, a, uh, a tapestry to St. Anne, patron of, the, of Detroit. And then there's a statue of St. Malachy outside the building. And the church is decorated at different times for different reasons. We see Christmas to the left. We see one of the stained glass windows, which shows the Eucharist. And then we see the, the youth group at, on Good Friday enacting a passion play. And here's a youth mass. And Father Joe is right in the very center. And uh, the, the media ministry does a great job of putting all the prayers and lyrics to hymns that we might need on the walls. Baptism is uh, uh, conducted monthly. And the, the font is just to the left of the altar. There's a lot of other programs that have happened in St. Malachy in recent years. We've conducted five Light of the World uh, retreats. Um, The Curcio group has um, uh, an Altrea at St. Malachy every month and has since 2004. And we've also conducted two Alpha meetings. Tech ministry is a fantastic development that allows us to reach out to to more and more people all the time, live streaming the mass, live streaming Father Joe, um, a whole series of programs, Saint of the Day, litanies, special programs, and these are all put on YouTube so that everybody can, can get to them. Um, the litanies, Litany of, to Saint Malachy, uh, Saint of the Day, Father Joe from his office uh, every day at eight o'clock, uh, you get a Saint of the Day. And evangelization programs like these, You know, Four Holy Women of God, the Four Teresa's, and the Kerygman Newsletter. Um, These are are activities that happen at St. Malachi as well. Probably the most fun and the most uh, uh, loud uh, activity we have is the summer festival. Uh, It happens usually the third weekend in August of every year. There's a huge tent, and there's dining, and there's refreshments, and there's music, and there's dancing, and there's people like Cinderella might show up. For the kids there's uh, rides that they can uh, go on merry-go-rounds and of course uh, a nice container of french fries is always welcome so st. Malachi st. Paul st. Ronald and st. Thecla pray for us so let us close in prayer name of the Father Son Holy Spirit amen our Father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Peace be with you. Thanks for listening.